0: This is not the time to cast a jocular or feel-good vote. Don't worry, Governor. I don't. I don't think anyone feels good this year. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair, and I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me us to the right Here I am Stuck in the middle
1: with you Yep Yes, I'm stuck in the
0: From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles This is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A. Up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast 106.7 FM Queso in Cottage Grove In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on 93 FM WLRI News Radio In Hawaii on 88.5 FM, KAKU, the voice of Maui. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN 94.1 FM, the Green Renaissance Network. In Palinville, New York on WLPP 102.9 FM. And in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM 950. KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We are also streaming coast to coast and around the globe on the internets on the Progressive Voices Channel. Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Detour Talk, Radio Monterey, and Radio Sputnik, amongst others, blanketing planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow from Bradblog.com. Thank you for joining us. Again today, as we are uh, just now, just a little bit over, about a week and a half from Election Day, when I would love to say that this uh, long national nightmare will finally be over, but it may just be beginning on that day, (laughs) I'm sorry to say. We will get to the latest election madness soon. We've got a lot of news uh, today as, uh, as Americans continue their fight to vote, and it really is a fight to vote. You thought you had the right to vote? Well, you still apparently in this nation have to fight to vote, Uh, so we'll have a lot of news on that and some uh, news on Americans fighting to keep other Americans from being able to vote at all. But first, up in North Dakota... Uh, the attempt to stop the construction of the Dakota Access Pipeline continues. We we covered this quite a bit uh, a few weeks ago, a few months ago. Now we've been
1: following it all along as it has yeah. erupted,
0: and uh, it has been going on even with all of the uh, noise, uh, the being you know energy being sucked out of the room by the election. The, uh, the folks at the Standing Rock Sioux Reservation up in North Dakota have been uh, continuing their protest, expanding their protest of this 1,200-mile-long uh, pipeline that will, is being constructed a- along what they say is their sacred lands, right near their uh, tribal lands, near their water supplies. Uh, and it's beginning to turn even uglier now. Uh, Today with reports that armed soldiers and law enforcement have been uh, dressing in riot gear uh, today, arresting protesters who had set up camp on private land, attempting to block the construction of the uh, of the pipeline on those private lands. Law enforcement officers and soldiers driving trucks, military Humvees and buses. Started at midday today uh, and formed a horseshoe-like loop, according to AP, uh, around the protesters once they reached the camp. 200 protesters were awaiting them some defiant and others praying and uh, well then the fun began did it not Desi Doyen I know you've been keeping your eye on this story throughout the day
1: yes we've been following this uh, uh, quite a bit you know the uh, police the the governor Jack Dalrymple Mm -hmm. governor of North Dakota had called in out-of-state police from Nebraska and other areas and his own National Guard he has declared a state of emergency over this particular protest you know because they're oh they're blocking roads or oh they're impeding access so he does state of emergency
0: hurry we've got got to build this pipeline
1: we've got people who are unarmed protesting stuff so you know just to be clear about what we're talking about there are three different camps there's the sacred stone camp the oseti Skowin camp and the north or forward camp it's the north or forward camp that is on private land and is right now in the path of the pipeline that is the area where all of this uh, confrontation happened today uh so basically pre the police approached with they had uh MRAPs, those are those uh, big army tank thingies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a sound cannon, which, they, you know, in, uh, that the that long-range audio those device. rads that LRADS. make a whole
0: bunch of noise. They're and, really yeah. loud
1: and can damage your hearing. They had armored trucks. They had a bulldozer. Uh, the treaty pro- the, the the protectors, the protesters had put up hay bales and some cars that they had disabled across the road. So they did block an actual uh, public access road. And that, you know, is... Is illegal to do so. So what the police and I understand
0: they, they actually punctured their own tires. That, is that that, true? That's been reported.
1: Is that, have not seen that confirmed, but it is possible their
0: own tires, their not, own, not tires. their somebody else's, but their own to, right. to make it harder to move those cars exactly. out of the way. Exactly. And, so and those
1: yeah. ba- hay bales were set on fire. Unclear whether they were set on fire by police or by the protesters. Hmm. Um, the basically the standoff appears to have. Uh, uh, Ebbed for now. It seems to be over for now. That's according to Caroline Gruskin of the Bismarck uh, Tribune. She's on scene right now. And she described that the police were using pepper spray, they were using rubber bullets, they were pushing the crowds back. Now, some of the people, uh, some of the protesters that were at the uh, resistance line where the blockade was, they were. She reported uh, having some conflict among themselves about whether they should peacefully move back or if they should stand and fight. What they essentially did is that they have moved back, but the police have moved into the forward or north camp and have been dismantling tents and uh, spraying people with mace and arresting people.
0: There was division amongst the protesters early on in this protest. We had the uh, the chairman of the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe, David Archambault, on this show. Uh, a few weeks back, there was there was uh, sort of a division between some protesters who basically wanted a you know a very peaceful occupy protest where right. they just you know stayed in place and and were more nuisance. Then there was other uh, protesters who were more uh, I don't want to say aggressive, uh, but but well maybe aggressive is the They're right word. Not that they wanted to in, be
1: in a, in um overt civil disobedience. Right. Let's put it that way.
0: Not violence per se, no. but and so I suspect it sounds like those those are the uh, the protesters who have moved i mean cuz this is private the, the big camp is uh, is is on is the on army
1: corps land army so corps, it's public, public land, land so. but
0: this is on specifically on privately owned land land that's owned by the uh, by the pipeline company as i understand yes
1: and and here's some explanation from Jacqueline Keener she's mm-hmm. on twitter she's a native american journalist she kind of explained the legal rationale behind why they esti- decided to establish the north or forward camp on this private land and across this uh, river the road she said that um, the cannonball ranch which is what we're talking about was bought by the dakota access pipeline owners that's the company energy transfer partners Mm -hmm. north dakota is investigating the purchase of that land because it apparently violates a depression era law that outlaws the purchase of any agricultural land by a corporation that is not family owned so that land also within unceded treaty territory lands that were agreed to by uh, the uh, Great Sioux Nation in 1851. And so there might be some legal standing under international law for that to be considered illegally occupied land by hmm. the state of North Dakota.
0: Uh, by, by the state of North Dakota or by the Energy Transfer Partners, the um, company At this itself? point
1: that the, that the land itself was never uh, properly sold into private hands. Uh, therefore, it would never have been.
0: Uh, well, uh, related to all of this, um, and this will all get worked out after November 8th, after <laughs> President uh, Trump comes into office in January. Uh, and
1: decides uh, to uphold civil disobedience and right. the right to protest?
0: That's right. No, no. Uh, he will end this because, in fact, uh, financial disclosures AP is reporting uh, show that the uh, Republican presidential candidate, Donald Trump, actually holds stock in the company that is building the Dakota Access Pipeline. Trump's 2016 federal disclosure forms were filed back in May, and they show that he owned uh, between 15000 and 50000 in stock in the uh, Texas-based company Energy Transfer Partners. Uh, That's uh, that he used to own actually more. That's down from half a million, 500,000 and uh, between 500,000 and 1 million a year earlier. So he sold some of that stock, but he also holds between 100,000 and 250,000 in Phillips 66 stock, which has a one quarter share of Dakota Access. Now you, we've uh, been reporting on the Green News Report and so forth. Donald Trump loves pipelines. He wants more and more pipelines uh, of any type. He never saw a pipeline he didn't love, including the Keystone XL pipeline. He wants to bring back. Well, uh, campaign contribution disclosures now show that Energy Transfer Partners, again, that's the uh, the, the company who owns this uh, Dakota Access Pipeline. Their CEO, Kelsey Warren, donated. to Trump's campaign, plus, which is the max, uh, directly to a campaign, plus he also donated $100,000 to a committee supporting Trump's candidacy, a a super PAC, and he gave $66,800 to the Republican National Committee. So uh, these were uh, Trump's stake in the pipeline itself, and those donations from the uh, owners of the uh, pipeline Uh, Those were first reported this week by The Guardian. So Donald Trump has a stake in this pipeline, and uh, now you know. All right. We'll have, uh, Desi, you'll be back with some more green news. We've got our, our latest green news report coming up. And some up. positive news, too. Uh, <laughs> we, yeah, really? You sure? A little, not little. I'm a crossing little. my fingers. Yeah, because it won't be positive through then. Uh, we've got uh, quite a few, uh, I don't know if they're not necessarily positive, but they are disturbing issues going on with our elections, and they are facts, and they need to be talked about, and they are at least as important as what crazy thing did Donald Trump say today? Now, there is uh, a reason, as Greg Sargent at Washington Post points out, that uh, Trump keeps claiming that there is rampant voter fraud going on. Uh, And this, uh, you know, that, that if he loses in any event, this will be because of a rigged election. The reason he keeps saying this is because, well, Republican voters are inclined to believe him. A new poll out from Public Religion Research Institute Uh, This week finds that a huge majority of Republican respondents say voter fraud is a bigger problem than restricting access to voting. (laughs) And uh, there is a striking racial divide in in this uh, poll as well on that question. The poll finds that among Americans overall, only 43 percent have a great deal of confidence that their votes will be counted accurately. You got that? Only 43% feel their votes will be counted accurately. (laughs) That that alone, that statistic alone to me is alarming, is troubling, and frankly is why I've been uh, warning for so many years, more than a decade now, about our voting system, about our voting machines, and about the lack of confidence uh, that they bring to the entire process, and that that alone is a grave threat to democracy. Well, we are seeing that now. In spades. Meanwhile, uh, the, uh, the partisan divide here is notable as well. 55% of Democrats have a great deal of confidence in the vote counting. Now, you might think that sounds good. It's a majority of Democrats. But really, only 55% of Democrats have a great deal of confidence in the vote counting? I'd be alarmed by that. I am alarmed by that. Uh, I'm also alarmed that just 44% of Republicans have a great deal of confidence in the vote counting, and just 41% of Trump supporters feel the same way. But all of this gets worse. According to this uh, PRRI survey, roughly two-thirds, that's 66% of Republicans, believe voter fraud is a bigger problem than voter disenfranchisement, compared to just 19% of Democrats. So at least Democrats have that one right. Uh, but, but two thirds of Republicans think voter fraud is the big concern. Never mind, uh, you know, uh, d- d- purging of voters, millions of voters from the rolls, never mind the photo ID restrictions that keep people from voting, never mind the restrictions on early voting and so forth. Uh, 66% say voter fraud, which is, uh, almost non-existent. Certainly at the polling place, it's almost non-existent. Uh, 66% of Republicans think that's the bigger bigger problem. The racial divide here is also disturbing. According to uh, the numbers from PRRI, African Americans say that denial of access to eligible voting is the bigger problem, bigger than voter fraud, uh, by huge margins. 66 to 21 among African Americans. Whites say voter fraud is the bigger problem by 42 to 35. So more whites think voter fraud is the problem. Republicans, voters uh, overwhelmingly, of course, think voter fraud is the bigger problem. And that, of course, is thanks in no small part to the voter fraud canard that Trump has been uh, putting out there. But uh, more disturbingly, Republicans have been putting this out for years and years now in an effort to restrict voting. So that hardly started with Donald Trump. He's just capitalizing on it. And uh, we had the uh, North uh, New Hampshire uh, GOP, former New Hampshire GOP chair on the show a week or two ago, who's against Trump. And yet he says, uh, however, Republicans haven't been institutionalizing, institutionally talking about uh, uh, problems with the Democratic voter fraud, which is complete and utter bunk. They have been and they've been doing so in order to suppress the vote. And it's working. You'll be shocked to learn. We've been talking about big voter turnout, early voter turnout, early voting turnout in a number of states, which might translate into good news for Hillary Clinton. But there is also a great deal of suppression going on. As Insight U.S. noticed among the little as they write among the little shop of voter suppression horrors North Carolina's Republican-controlled General Assembly and its governor Pat McCrory wove into the state's monster suppression law one trick that less attention that uh, received less attention than uh, most of the uh, laws reduction in uh, access to the polls and that was specifically the state's early voting law they had changed it from 17 days back in 2012 down to just 10 this year Happily, however, uh, that part of the law, as well as other parts of their voter suppression law in North Carolina, were struck down by an appellate court in July, finding that the provisions, the restrictions targeted African-Americans with almost surgical precision. That's a quote from the uh, from the appellate court when they struck down that law. But when they struck down that law, that means that the, uh, the state's early voting system returned to what it was before it was struck down which means that uh, the counties get to decide how long, uh, how how much early voting there will be. And the provision of the existing law said that at least one early voting site must be opened during the first week of the 17 day period. Well, a whole bunch of Republican controlled counties discovered, well, if the law says at least one, that that means uh, only one can be open. So. That's what they did in 2016, the early voting plans in a whole bunch of counties across North Carolina, which is once again a battleground state this year. It went for Obama by just a I think It was just over a few thousand votes, maybe not even that much uh, back in 20 uh, 2008. It went for Romney in 2012. So now uh, a bunch of counties, 18 different counties in North Carolina, uh, as Insight U.S. reports, are strangling early voting to death. They cite Guilford County which had cut its week one uh, uh, site numbers from 16 early voting sites in uh, 2012 to just one this year. A whopping 94 percent cut in early voting in the first week of voting in North Carolina in Guilford County. They have uh, reportedly here uh, earned the dubious distinction of being the state's most successful voting super suppressor posting just 3% of the number of ballots that its voters cast during the same interval in 2012. Just 3% of the number of voters who cast during the same period just four years ago. Now, a lot of uh, Democrats and news media have been focusing on the big turnout, saying that this is going to be good uh, potentially for Hillary Clinton. They're looking at the political side of it. I'm looking at the voting side of it. Just 3% of the number of voters who were able to vote in 2012 have so far been able to vote in Guilford County, and they are not alone. In Alamance County, just 10% of the uh, 2012 totals have been able to vote so far in uh, this year, in 2016. In Brunswick, it's 25%. Craven, 15%. Forsyth, 6%. You get the idea. Uh, This goes on and on. Henderson, 19 percent. Jackson, 19 percent. Johnston, 11 percent. Mecklenburg County, which is Charlotte, just 22 percent of the numbers we saw four years ago. And it is all perfectly legal. They did it all under the law. And those changes would have been uh, probably blocked by the Voting Rights Act had it not been gutted by the Supreme Court back in 2013. They would have had to get approval for those kind of cuts. Uh, But nope, not anymore. And Republicans are taking advantage of it. Uh, So that's via early voting. That's just one example of how uh, Republicans are keeping people from voting, the fight against the right to vote. Ari Berman, our friend over at The Nation, uh, reports a troubling story today. Uh, Grace Bell Hardison, 100-year-old African-American woman in North Carolina, was told just a few weeks ago that her voter registration status was being challenged. That's right. This is something you can do by law, apparently, in Anybody North Carolina. Can do. Anybody can do, right. Uh, they have to have grounds to do it, so they invent grounds to do it. Uh, She was told, remember, a hundred year old African-American woman, she was told if she didn't appear at a county board of elections meeting or return a notarized form, she would be removed from the voting rolls. Hardison has lived in Belhaven, North Carolina, her entire life and voted regularly for the last 24 years, including a North Carolina's presidential primary in March of this year. The first thing that came out of her mouth when she saw this uh, this letter was I can't vote. According to her uh, her nephew, after she got this letter, she loves to vote. She will not miss election time. Hardison's registration was challenged by a guy named Shane Huber's, a Bellhaven Republican, after a mailing done last year by a candidate for mayor, mail that was returned as undeliverable uh, by that uh, mayoral candidate. If the mail came back as undeliverable in 2015, that became the basis for the challenge lists this year. But as uh, Berman reports, uh, the mailings included many incorrect addresses. In this case, in the case of Hardison, she told a a, a TV uh, WNCT out there that she said my mail comes to the post office. She said, I don't have to. I have no mail come to the house ever since I've been here. My mail has been coming to the post office, so it doesn't go to her. It goes to the post office. It's not her address. The challenge list compiled by Republicans also overwhelmingly targeted black and democratic voters. Of the 138 challenged in this particular challenge, 92 of them were black and registered democrats. 28 were unaffiliated, 17 were republicans, one was libertarian. The North Carolina NAACP says this violates the National Voter Registration Act, which prohibits the uh, mass removal of voters within 90 days prior to the election. And uh, in their letter the NA, uh, to the uh, State Board of Elections, the uh, North Carolina NAACP points out that Hardison's challenge is not an isolated one. The same thing is happening in other North Carolina counties. For example, in Moore County, one individual challenger, woman by the name of Carol Wielden, submitted forms challenging approximately 400 registered voters on the basis that first-class mail was sent to those individuals and had been returned to the sender. Wielden is the secretary of the Moore County Republican Party and has worked closely with the right-wing Voter Integrity Project, which has uh, pushed discredited discredited claims of voter fraud. And as Ari points out, the group uh, recently accused Democrats of, quote, raping the retard vote.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yep. So it is this sort of thing, these caging lists that got Republicans in a whole lot of trouble back in the early 80s uh, in New Jersey when they had similar what are called caging lists where they sent out uh, letters. And if they came back, they challenged voters. They uh, put on armbands, calling themselves a ballot security. Uh, or ballot integrity uh, uh, task force, force, right, and showed up around New Jersey during the governor's race and basically intimidated people uh, from, from the polls. And this was challenged by Democrats at the time, and it resulted in a consent decree being signed, an order from the federal court, a consent decree being signed by the Republican Party that said they would not do that again. This was back in 1982 and they have been under this consent decree ever since and they're hoping to get out of it next year. Now, why they would want to get out of it is unclear to me because basically what it says is that they cannot target based on uh, uh, things like race. They cannot target certain voters based on race. They cannot send out these caging uh, letters uh, to you know in their in their so-called ballot security measures. Why they would want to be out from that, I don't know. It sounds like to me they want to just basically break the law again. Uh, But they would like to be out of this, and next year, after all of these years, they will finally be out of this uh, consent decree and, I guess, uh, allowed to go, you know, restrict the vote, suppress the vote again for free? I don't know. Uh, That's what they're hoping, I guess. Uh, But now the Democrats have uh, filed, as of yesterday, just after we got off the air, Uh, the Democrats have filed a motion with the federal court uh, saying that what we have seen in the course of this election from Donald Trump and from Republicans means that that consent decree should be extended for another eight years. They were going to get out of this. Other Republicans were unless they had another instance of the Republican Party carrying out this uh, sort of targeted fraud against minorities. And now the uh, Democrats are saying they did exactly that. Uh, Reading from the uh, from the uh, the uh, the motion that was filed here by Democrats last night, defendant Republican National Committee violated the final consent decree, they argue, by supporting and enabling the efforts of the Republican candidate for president, Donald J. Trump, as well as his campaign and advisors to intimidate and discourage minority voters from voting in the 2016 election. Trump has falsely and repeatedly told his supporters that the November 8 election will be, quote, rigged based upon fabricated claims of voter fraud in, quote, certain areas or, quote, certain sections of key states. We've played that audio here before. Unsurprisingly, uh, the Democrats write, certain areas are exclusively communities in which large minority voting populations reside. Notwithstanding that no evidence of such fraud actually exists, Trump has encouraged his supporters to do whatever it takes to stop it. Quote, you've got to get everybody out to go and watch. And when I say watch, you know what I'm talking about, right? And we pointed it out the day that he said that that he was speaking in that code in order to sort of avoid these issues with this consent decree. Right. Trump has even encouraged his watchers to act like vigilante law enforcement officers, according to the Democrats' complaint. Now, the uh, the consent decree applies only to the Republican National Committee the uh, New Jersey Republicans, where this uh, problem originally took place back in 1981, uh, and their agents. So whoever could be considered their agents. And the Democrats are uh, making the case here that Donald Trump is an agent of the Republican Party that, that because they are working together on their ballot integrity issues. Uh, Trump has enjoyed the direct and tacit support of the RNC in its ballot security endeavors, including the RNC's collaboration on efforts to prevent this supposed rigging and voter fraud. In a, uh, in a rally in uh, Denver in August, they say Trump's vice presidential running mate, Mike Pence, admitted that the RNC was directly coordinating with the Trump campaign on ballot integrity initiatives. He stated that, quote, the Trump campaign and the Republican National Committee are working very, very closely with state governments and secretaries of state all over the country to ensure ballot integrity. And then uh, just a few days ago, after the third presidential debate, they point out Trump's campaign manager, Kellyanne Conway, told a reporter that the campaign was working to combat purported voter fraud by, quote, actively working with the National Committee, the official party and campaign lawyers to monitor precincts around the country. The RNC has also been supporting Trump's effort to recruit poll watchers. Uh, who are intended, Democrats say, to intimidate voters at polling places and that that violates the court's consent decree, which explicitly forbid the RNC from engaging in so-called ballot security measures directly, indirectly or through its agents or employees. The uh, Democratic National Committee, the plaintiff in this case, now respectfully moves for an order directing the RNC to show cause why they should not be held in civil contempt for violating the consent decree and why sanctions should not be issued as a result of these violations. So that was uh, that. That's big. That's big news. And uh, the Republicans have been trying to separate themselves from what Donald Trump has been saying and doing. They've been sending out letters to their uh, state parties saying, don't do it, <laughs> don't, don't, don't take the trap. Uh, but a lot of them are. A lot of them are working with this, uh, You know, in, including, uh, where are we here, the, uh, the Pennsylvania GOP led by Robert Gleason. He's also an RNC member, and he recently sued to allow poll watchers Uh, in Pennsylvania to monitor voting sites outside of their own precinct. That is currently prohibited by state law. In Michigan, uh, the Republican Party chair uh, is also an RNC member. She said last week that the party's attorneys were preparing, quote, a massive statewide anti-voter fraud effort. So that's what they're doing. Uh, They are making the case uh, that this uh, consent decree should be extended for another eight years. Um, And uh, they've got a pretty damn good case, it seems to me. We'll find out. We'll find out what the judge says. A new judge has now been assigned to the case because this has been around so long. The original judge has died. Oh, my. Yes. (laughs) So. Uh, There is a new federal judge who will be uh, who, who will be looking into this, but that is rather big news. Now, the Republicans, for their part, they call the filing completely meritless, just as in all prior elections in which the consent decree was in effect. The RNC strictly abides by the consent decree and does not take part directly or indirectly in any efforts to prevent or remedy vote fraud. They said the RNC remains focused on getting out the vote. Well, they got a funny way to show it, don't they? so uh we will see uh we will see what comes about there but uh in the meantime in yeah, the meantime
1: just remember that you too uh, you too can go out and help protect the voters at the polls you, it helps to go check with your local club uh, and get a training so that you know exactly what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do so that you can help protect the folks because they can show up at the precinct and challenge voters directly as they try to in vote.
0: some states in, some, in states. some states
1: find out what the law is in your state but it is possible to go help
0: uh, exactly uh, helping people uh, there's gonna be long lines we know that's gonna be uh, happen again uh, particularly in these you know states where they're trying to uh, make it harder to vote but uh, you know so helping people vote bringing you know folding chairs water, water food uh, you can also sign up with your local party be it Democratic or Republican by the way uh, or libertarian or green to be a poll watcher a poll observer. Uh, but make sure you know what the laws are. you cannot be uh, skulking around intimidating people challenging voters. make sure you learn what the law is. I know we got to get to a break let me do this uh, one more story uh, on uh, problems that are <laughs> that people are having uh, voting and Democrats in this case are trying to do something about it. Democratic U.S lawmakers in Wisconsin have now sent a letter to the Department of Justice requesting that it deploy federal poll monitors to their state after local officials were providing uh, uh, potential voters with inaccurate information about the state's photo ID law. Now, a lot of states around the country where the uh, Justice Department had sent monitors in the past to hundreds and uh, hundreds of polling places, the Department of Justice is not sending them out this year thanks to the gutting of the Voting Rights Act. And so now Democrats are begging the DOJ, please send out monitors. According to this letter signed by uh, Senator Tammy Baldwin and uh, Congress members Gwen Moore, Ron Kind and Mark Pocan, national figures have suggested that there is widespread voter fraud in our country and have encouraged private citizens to monitor voting behaviors of certain communities for potential misconduct. And then they go on to cite the fact that the, uh, the DMV has not been giving out the photo ID that they were required to give out by a federal judge. Back in July, that federal judge ruled that the system that Wisconsin's non-ID holders uh, received free IDs to vote at the DMV had been a, quote, wretched failure. That judge ordered the state to do a better job of implementing the program and getting out these uh, IDs. But months later, as uh, Ari Berman again at The Nation uh, uh, reported, The DMVs were not giving out the uh, the 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 certificate needed to vote. All you're supposed to do is walk in to a Wisconsin DMV if you can get there. Remember, these are people without driver's licenses and you're supposed to get a certificate that will allow you to vote within six days. The uh, Wisconsin Democrats write in their letter, given the flawed efforts thus far by state officials to properly implement this law with proof of demonstrably false information being disseminated to voters just days before the election, we fear that irreparable harm may result, particularly for voters of color who disproportionately bear the brunt of these policies and any Election Day intimidation efforts. They asked the DOJ to consider providing any resources or assistance it can in order to help our state navigate these unsettling circumstances, including poll monitors or any other election monitoring services that the agency could offer. One week to go, just a little bit over one week to go. Um, I suspect we're going to be uh, covering these stories more and more in the days ahead between now and Election Day. And we've got more, more tales from the world's greatest democracy right after this. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast.
1: Just sitting here watching the wheels go round and round.
0: Welcome back to the broadcast, watching the wheels go round and round, year after year, election after election. The same stories, unfortunately, uh, happening again and again. Uh, I'll get to get to this in a moment, uh, but I I, I keep meaning to point out 866-OUR-VOTE. Remember that phone number, 866-OUR-VOTE. If you have problems voting, if you see problems at the polling place, if you have even questions uh, you know, about things like uh, photo ID and stuff that you cannot get answered, try calling 866-OUR-VOTE. Uh, you can also on Google, when at least when it comes to the photo ID, voter ID stuff, you can go on Google and you can put in voter ID Texas, voter ID North Carolina, whatever your state is, voter ID Missouri, and you'll be given the, the, the laws for uh, voter ID Wisconsin for your state. Um, But call 866-OUR-VOTE if you have any questions. And uh, don't forget, when you do have problems, not only call 866-OUR-VOTE, but also call your county clerk uh, or at least contact them in some fashion, as well as your secretary of state. Contact folks in the media. Let folks know on social media. Report these problems that you have. Um, You know, you can send to me, bradcast at bradblog.com if you like. I'll do my best to look into them. But uh, the more people you let know about them, the better. We spoke a couple of days ago about uh, Republicans in Texas who are freaking out about uh, votes apparently flipping from uh, Trump Republican Trump votes to Democratic Clinton votes on their voting machines on the uh, touchscreen style uh, voting machines they use down there in uh, many counties in Texas. I say touchscreen style because those actually uh, many of them have a wheel made by heart inner Civic. Uh, so if you're watching the wheels go round and round down in uh, in, in Dallas, <laughs> uh, you might because you're voting uh, in any event, Uh, The votes are uh, uh, reportedly flipping in a number of cases from Republican to Democratic down there. We've also seen uh, reports this week of the same problems in North Carolina, except from Clinton to Trump in those cases, and now today in Georgia and in Illinois. Uh, we're seeing the same problem in Georgia. They're flipping from the Demo- from let's see from the uh, Democrat to the Republican. In Illinois, they're reportedly flipping from Illinois from uh, Republican to Democrat. Uh, I uh, spoke with uh, a radio station t- earlier today in Chicago, who was asking me about this because you've got uh, again Republicans freaking out about it, and, and for good reason. There is good reason. There is no reason we are still using these same stupid machines that do this every year, year after year, that keep flipping votes. You know, I I guess I have to keep talking about it uh, until election officials get rid of these godforsaken machines, or at least until uh, the American voters raise enough hell that you force them to. One way or another, hopefully peacefully. Uh, But in regard to this uh, to these uh, Texas uh, vote flipping reports, um, Trump has now uh, seized on this and uh, put out a tweet, uh, quote, a lot of call ins about vote flipping at the voting booths in Texas. People are not happy. Big lines. What is going on? Well, we know what's going on. A couple of things are going on. Uh, the the machines that Republicans, by the way, have loved for years these unverifiable, these one hundred percent unverifiable. Touchscreen style machines, direct recording electronic machines that can never be verified. It doesn't matter what it shows you on your screen. If you see your vote flipping on the screen, it's probably not because it's being rigged. There's probably a a malfunction with the machine because, well, at least if I was going to rig it, I wouldn't bother to show it to you on the screen. You would select whatever candidate you want and I would record whatever candidate I want inside the machine and no one would ever know the difference. So uh, Trump tweeted out about the uh, Texas issue, uh, and he's right, frankly, to do so, to ask uh, questions about that. That, even as uh, those reports from Georgia, I'll get to that in a second. But down in Texas, uh, this was based uh, initially a Randall County voter recalled her own uh, CNN reports it as her own mishap. Uh, while voting uh, in a Facebook post on Monday that she had tried to cast a straight Republican ticket, including a vote for Trump and his running mate Mike Pence, but wound up inadvertently selecting the Democratic ticket of uh, Clinton and Kane. So uh, Shannon Lackey, the elections administrator at Randall County, uh, said there is no reason for concern. Quote, absolutely not. It is it is not happening in any way, shape or form. Lackey told CNN today. I stand 100 percent behind what I do. I stand behind my behind my machines and my staff. In other words, this is not happening. What these people are seeing, they're not actually seeing. Or if they are, it's their fault. The ballot complaints have uh, surfaced elsewhere in Texas. Another woman uh, in Arlington, Texas, had her Republican vote changed to Clinton, she says. That post on Facebook has been shared more than 200,000 times. Potter County, which borders Randall County, uh, had uh, similar problems reported in each case. Officials have attributed the problems to, wait for it, can you guess, Des?
1: Voter error.
0: Yes, exactly. Human error. Blame the voters.
1: Not the human error of the election officials. No, no, not no, that. It's,
0: <laughs> no, it's it's the voters. There is nothing wrong with any of the machines we use for voting. Potter County Judge Nancy Tanner said in a statement they did not. They do not flip your vote. They do not flip parties. Humans do that. And I guess she's trying to say that humans do it by voting wrong. It's their fault. It's their fault that year after year, election after election, these problems happen. It rocks confidence uh, in the elections. And yet we continue to use the same goddamn machines and continue to blame the voters. Instead of the people who are insisting that we use these horrible voting machines, these touchscreen machines, instead of hand counted Uh, or at least hand-marked paper ballots. Lackey, uh, her name, yes, is Lackey, from Randall County, uh, said that uh, she is uh, confronted with such confusion most election cycles, and this year has been no exception.
1: (laughs) Don't learn anything (laughs) from that, God forbid.
0: Her personal hypothesis, and it's, mind you, just a hypothesis, is that voters who are so accustomed to touchscreens in their everyday lives hit the machine's button after indicating their choices and inadvertently deselect their preferred vote. I don't get that. Uh, she, People are so used to uh, touchscreen systems that, that they don't they, know how to use them, that they don't know how to use them. That's what they're saying. Yeah. Um, Someone else in Texas, uh, Dallas County, Tony Pippins Poole, the election director in Dallas County, explained that the county's protocol for when voters complain about problems with machines is to cancel the ballot and recalibrate the machine. If they get a second complaint about the machine, then, and only then, do they take it out of service. She said five machines have so far been taken out of service. Uh, well, that's, uh, maybe that's a way to uh, return to paper ballots. Anybody who votes on a touchscreen machine, just complain. You can just make up, I guess, uh, the fact that it's not accurately reflecting your vote, and eventually it'll get taken out of service, at least in Dallas County. Other counties leave them in there forever. Pippin's pool said that uh, a lot of this has to do with uh, other, she also blames the voter, other forms of voter error, such as when jewelry touches the screen accidentally registering a vote
1: which is a great idea why not spend millions of dollars on a system that can be defaulted so easily with just an errant touch of your bracelet
0: and that happens every year every time in georgia a voting machine uh in bryan county was removed from service according to the atlanta journal constitution uh because it may have been quote flipping some voters choices for president Voter told the paper that it took three tries before his choice of Clinton was correctly recorded. Merle King, the executive director for Georgia's Center for Election Systems at Kennesaw State University in Georgia, they, along with Maryland, were the first uh, states in the country to go fully to uh, Diebold touchscreen voting systems back in 2002. And and as I was told by someone who uh, went to a conference at this, uh, they've been a huge supporter. Kennesaw State University, the Georgia Center for Election Systems, and Merle King. They have been supporting these Diebold machines for years. They love them. They see no problem with them whatsoever. And I was told by someone uh, who attended a conference there that uh, one of the uh, speakers had actually dropped down the, the the browser window that they had up on the big screen, and there was Brad Blog in the uh, browser window. <laughs> Apparently, they're they're keeping an eye on what we say about their crap machines that they support and that they testify in favor of in court cases. In any, in any event, a uh, Merle King, who's the executive director there, said a, it's a calibration error may be at fault. Other fa- uh, factors include whether voters have long fingernails, where Uh, were wearing jewelry, had long sleeves, or were leaning on the machine, that could be responsible as well.
1: That's great. Isn't that fantastic? That's a wonderful product that they've spent all that money on. That
0: they spent all that money on and that they continue to support and blame the voters. And they wonder... Why? What was it? Forty? Just forty-four percent of Americans in that poll I read right at the top of the show. Just forty-four percent of Americans across the board, not just Republicans. Forty-four percent. Only forty-four percent are confident that their ballots, that their votes will be accurately, uh, <laughs> accurately recorded. I wonder why. All right. Uh, a couple more points I got to get to before we get to our green news here. A lot of people not endorsing Hillary Clinton over the past day or two specifically, explicitly not endorsing Hillary Clinton. Here's how. Uh, the Yale record in it writes, In its 144-year history, the Yale record has never endorsed a Democratic candidate for president. In fact, we have never endorsed any candidate for president. This is in part due to our strong commitment to being a tax-exempt 501c3 organization, which mandates... We are absolutely prohibited from directly or indirectly participating in or interviewing in any political campaign on behalf of or in opposition to any candidate for elective public office. They go on to write this year's presidential election is highly unusual, but ultimately no different. The Yale record believes both candidates to be equally unendorsable due to our faithful compliance with the tax code. In particular... We do not endorse Hillary Clinton's exemplary leadership during 30 years in the public eye. We do not support her impressive commitment to serving and improving this country, a commitment to which she has dedicated her entire professional career. Because of unambiguous tax law, we do not encourage you to support the most qualified presidential candidate in modern American history, Nor do we encourage all citizens to shatter the glass ceiling once and for all by electing Senator Clinton on November 8th.
1: That's a nice non-endorsement there.
0: They are absolutely not endorsing her. The Yale record has no opinion whatsoever on Dr. Jill Stein, it added, for some strange reason. I don't know. Rick Hassan over at the Election Law blog says that this would make a great final exam. He's a uh, he's an election expert, he, uh, a professor, election law professor at UC Irvine. Uh, And he writes at electionlawblog.com that this would make a great final exam question on express advocacy. Is that express advocacy or not? Because as a 501c3, as a nonpartisan tax-exempt organization, they're not allowed to endorse anyone. And um, they unambiguously did not endorse the most qualified candidate, Hillary Clinton, uh, shattering the glass ceiling and so forth. Very interesting uh, question. Well, and it looks like uh, someone else who has not endorsed Hillary Clinton uh, was Bill Weld, the vice presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party. Um, he gave a, a, a long speech uh, this week saying that this great nation, we don't have time to play it. I had wanted to play it, but I know we got to get out of here, so I'll just uh, read you a quick quote Um this great nation has weathered policy differences throughout our history. We will do so again, but not in my lifetime has there been a candidate for president who actually makes me fear for the ultimate well-being of the country, a candidate who might, in fact, put at risk the solid foundation of America that allows us to endure even ill-advised policies and the normal ebb and flow of politics. In the final days of this very close race, every citizen must be aware of the power and responsibility of each individual vote. This is not the time to cast a jocular or feel-good vote for a man who you may have briefly found entertaining. Donald Trump should not, cannot, and must not be elected President of the United States, says Bill Weld, the vice presidential nominee for the Libertarian Party. In this speech, he mentioned Gary or Johnson only, uh, I think it was three times. He mentioned Trump... Uh, About eight times. It seems, as many people have interpreted his uh, comments, that he is uh, pretty much saying that the libertarian uh, 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 candidacy is, is, is over, that Gary Johnson cannot win, and that people should consider voting for Hillary Clinton. He was pressed by reporters afterwards. Is that what he was saying? Are you endorsing Hillary Clinton? He wouldn't say it outright. But I guess uh, like the Yale record, um, he was in a place where he can't officially endorse the Democratic candidate, but he sure as hell seemed to be uh, in his statement to the press. All right. We got to get out. We're back with uh, Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your (laughs) broadcast. Well, it's another one of those days when uh, the Green News Report uh, may provide uh, one of the few smiles in our show. You were right, (laughs) Des, at the top of the show. Uh, That's uh, about the brightest thing we have. I know you're keeping your eye on the Dakota Access Pipeline. We'll continue over the next few days uh, to keep our eyes on those protests. But in the meantime, our latest Green News Report. Use the language of promoting
1: solar. Leaked audio exposes utility companies deliberately deceptive anti-solar ballot initiative in Florida court rejects eminent domain for natural gas storage in Pennsylvania, new ruling allows future climate impacts to be used to protect species now. One weird trick that could drastically cut methane emissions from cows, plus... It finally moves Volkswagen closer to closing this very ugly chapter on its history. Massive settlement approved in Volkswagen's emissions cheating scandal.
0: All of that cheating and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyle. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment.
1: If you were hoping to hear a debate moderator ask about climate change, (laughs) you have to wait another four years. And I suggest you do it on higher ground.
0: Heading uphill right now, this is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, I don't know if it's in time to reach Florida voters or not. But I'm really hoping they find out about the scam that is Amendment 1 on the ballot this year.
1: Yep, that's right. Leaked audio has now exposed how the state's utility industry and fossil fuel groups backed by the Koch brothers are behind a deceptive constitutional amendment on Florida's November ballot. Amendment 1 is written with pro-solar language, but critics say it could actually crush the solar industry in the Sunshine State by allowing monopoly utilities to charge extra fees that penalize solar homes. Sam Nuzo of the Koch Brothers-funded James Madison Institute was caught on tape explaining how anti-solar groups deliberately confused voters on the ballot measure.
0: Remember this. Solar polls very well. To the degree that we can use a little bit of political jujitsu and take what they're kind of hitting us on and use it to our benefit, use the language of promoting solar In
1: an interview on the broadcast, David Pomerantz of the Energy and Policy Institute, which obtained the audio, warned that similar anti-solar policies are on the menu in every state. There
0: are absolutely efforts by the utilities in dozens of states to similarly attack solar, to attack people's right to go solar, to make it more expensive for consumers to go solar, and that's happening both in uh, state legislatures and in public utility commissions. Around the country. And these tapes show that these folks know exactly what they are doing. They are trying to confuse and deceive voters by pretending that they are in favor of rooftop solar because they know it's very popular. And so they're protecting their fossil fuel monopolies at these utility companies.
1: A federal judge has approved Volkswagen's nearly $15 billion settlement with federal regulators. The automaker admitted last year to using secret software on its diesel cars to cheat pollution and emissions rules since 2009. VW will give customers the option of buying back or repairing their cars and will contribute more than $2 billion to expanding electric car charging infrastructure and zero-emission vehicles. Volkswagen is still under criminal investigation for violating state and federal. federal clean air laws. In Pennsylvania, the state Supreme Court has unanimously rejected a four-year-old state law granting natural gas companies free reign to use eminent domain to take private land for underground natural gas storage facilities. The justices ruled that vague claims of economic growth were not good enough for seizing private land for private profits with no direct benefit to Pennsylvanians. The justices also overturned another provision of that same law that barred doctors from talking with their patients about fracking pollution.
0: Oh, good Lord. Yeah.
1: A victory for Arctic seals and potentially other species in the U.S. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals has rejected a fossil fuel industry challenge to the federal government's designation of the Arctic bearded seal as threatened. The bearded seal requires Arctic sea ice for survival, but that's melting thanks to fossil fuel-induced global warming. The appeals court ruled that impacts of climate change in the future can be used to justify protecting threatened species today. That could impact future conservation cases around the country.
0: And that's good news That's
1: a big good news How unlike you (laughs) Finally, victory may be over cow farts Australian researchers have That's more like you (laughs) Australian researchers have discovered that Adding a single specific type of red seaweed to animal feed Could dramatically reduce methane emissions from cattle In laboratory tests, that tiny amount of seaweed Reduced methane in cow stomachs by up to 99% Methane is a potent greenhouse gas So if these results can be replicated and scaled up, That seaweed feed trick could be a major new tool to reduce emissions and slow climate change.
0: Red seaweed? Yep. Put it on your shopping list. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Don't forget, you can download our reports anytime via Stitcher, TuneIn, or iTunes. Find us and follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters. At Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And
1: I'm Desi Doyen. And
0: this has been your Green News Report. Now we can blame the cows.
1: Now we can blame the cows. What a relief. I never did believe them scientists anyhow. Now we can blame the cows.
0: My thanks to uh, Victoria Parks from our affiliate in Columbus, Ohio, WGRN 94.1, for that song. Love it. And Desi, you are a gas. Uh, my <laughs> thanks to you, Desi Doyen, our producer, and uh, to our listeners for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program, download it for free as ever at bradblog.com. Drop me email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com and find me on the Facebooks and the Twitters at TheBradBlog. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. (laughs)